0: it's Gloria, and welcome to episode 6 of MISF Independent. Today, we're going to be talking about government-registered investment accounts as well as non-registered accounts. According to the 2016 Canadian Census, about 65% of Canadians have some sort of registered account, whether it is an RRSP, TFSA, or RPP. If you have extra savings beyond your emergency fund, why not invest and shelter the earnings from tax? My guest and I will be talking about what the different types of accounts are, the best time to use each, contribution limits, and what investments to put in them. Hope you enjoy. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, my good friend Lucy, and also a former classmate. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, Gloria. Uh, Thanks for featuring me on your podcast. A little bit about myself is I'm currently in my late 20s. I'm a CPACA. I've previously worked at a big accounting firm, uh, but right now I'm in law school in Toronto. A fun fact is that I'm trying to get back into rock climbing, but in a COVID cautious environment, uh, which has been a challenge.
0: Yeah. How's that uh, climbing with a mask on? Ah, uh, it is not ideal for
1: airflow, but it is a much better scenario than getting COVID. So I will gladly climb with a mask on.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you can use like a buff or something, double air buff. Innovative. <laughs> so my first question for you, what is your relationship with money?
1: I think it's important to just state up front that I'm really fortunate to not have any student debt, uh, which definitely helps when I look at my spending habits in terms of saving money, I'm able to save a lot of money just because I'm not in debt, which is really fortunate. Uh, I also really dislike shopping, especially for clothes. It really (laughs) stresses me out. So that's conducive to saving money because I try to avoid shopping, Uh, (laughs) but it's not conducive when I actually have to buy something.
0: And what about budgeting? Do you budget at all?
1: I do budget, um, but kind of loosely, to be honest. I don't have a strict budget where I allocate a certain amount of money to, say, groceries and a certain amount of money to clothes and a certain amount of money to car expenses. Uh, But I have an overall monthly budget that I usually try to stay within for all of my expenditures. Uh, I have to watch myself at Costco, though. It's it's easy (laughs) to spend money there.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So you have more of a spending plan kind of situation.
1: I generally I have a spending plan for each each month. Um it's just it's just not very categorized.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So the topic of the day is RRSPs, TFSAs and non-registered accounts. How to use them, what they are, when to use them. Before we begin, we're going to do a little disclaimer. It's just general advice and not specific to any individual. So, please don't sue us. We are just giving some fun facts out here. If you really do need uh, specific advice to yourself, consult with an investment advisor and do further research on your own. So Lucy, what is a TFSA?
1: A TFSA or a tax-free savings account is an account where you can contribute and invest your after-tax earnings. So basically, whatever money you have that's already been taxed, you could put it into your TFSA account. Mm-hmm. But there's a, couple, there's a couple of rules about who can open a TFSA account, the amounts you can put in them, and what you can actually invest in.
0: Who can open a TFSA?
1: So, you have to be at least at eighteen years old and a Canadian resident to open a tfsa. that's the That's basically the first requirement you're looking at. Mm-hmm. The advantage of having a TFSA is that, any income you earn in your TFSA is not subject to tax. So ideally, what you want to do is when you contribute to your TFSA, you want to use that money to invest in something. It doesn't make sense for you to just put in money in, in cash in your TFSA and leave it as cash, because you're probably not going to be earning any income or If anything, maybe you'll earn a nominal amount of interest. Ideally, the process is you put money into your TFSA account and then you use the money to invest in things like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, etc. So you're investing in things that earn income and that income will not be taxed within your TFSA.
0: Yeah, and that makes total sense that we should have investments that grow in value in our TFSAs. But interestingly enough, based on RBC's 2019 Financial Independence and in Retirement Poll conducted by Ipsos, the most common holding for Canadians in their TFSA is actually cash. It's 42% and then followed by mutual funds of 28%, stocks 19%. GICs, 15%, ETFs, 7%, and bonds, 6%, which is really interesting to me because I invest completely in ETFs and I find it so interesting that not the majority of people do. And so you also mentioned that there are limits every year for your TFSA contribution. What are they? So there's annual maximum contribution limits for
1: every year. Uh, so basically, you can only contribute uh, up to that amount to your TFSA every year. If you go past it, you're going to be subject to penalties. Uh, but the, the good thing is if you don't contribute the maximum amount in, say, um, year one, then that the leftover buffer room or contribution room you have, you can carry it forward to year two.
0: Mm-hmm and so on, right? So there's no contribution limit for your lifetime. So if you don't use it up for a certain year, then it'll carry forward indefinitely. And to check your contribution room, you can go on your CRA website account and figure that out. However, that only is until last year. So for this year, it'd be 2019. It doesn't take into account what you've contributed in 2020. Good catch,
1: Gloria. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Preventing us from
1: going over our contribution limits one listener at a time. Exactly. (laughs) Don't want to get taxed on that. The hero we need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about when I withdraw money? If I need to withdraw, will I be taxed on that? Uh, That's a great question. So when you withdraw from your TFSA, you're not
1: going to be taxed because the whole concept of the TFSA is that you're putting in your money that you've already been taxed on. So this is purely your after-tax earnings. But just note that you can withdraw from your TFSA whenever you want, uh, basically, the amount you withdraw from your TFSA in year one will be added to your contribution room in year two. So there's kind of a one-year lag uh, between withdrawals and contribution rooms. So I can't take it out and put
0: it back in immediately?
1: Correct. If you've already maxed out your contribution for the year, even if you say you withdraw $1,000, you can't just put in the $1,000 in the same calendar year.
0: Okay. And can I have multiple TFSAs? In a sense that you can open
1: multiple TFSA accounts, Mm -hmm. you will still have the same collective contribution limit. So you can't open up, say, two TFSA accounts and contribute the maximum to both of them.
0: Right. So I can have different accounts with different brokers, but then my contribution limit is still the same and everyone has the same contribution limit each year. Starting from when you're 18.
1: Yes. So the contribution limit each year is the same for everybody. Yeah. Unfortunately, you just can't open multiple accounts to multiply your uh, contribution limit.
0: Yeah. It's too bad.
1: Yep. It's a it's a real shame. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So next, let's talk about RRSPs. Lucy, what is an RRSP? So an RRSP is a registered retirement savings plan. uh,
1: And this is an account where you contribute and invest your pre-tax earnings. So the main difference between the TFSA and the RRSP is for TFSA, you're contributing money you've already been taxed on. The RRSP is you're contributing money you haven't been taxed on yet.
0: Mm -hmm. So then what does that look like? A tax refund on my tax return? Essentially, yes. The contributions
1: you make to your RRSP are tax deductible. So that means whatever amount you contribute, you can deduct from your tax return. Um, But that being said, the amount that you can contribute to your RRSP, uh, it's based on a couple of factors, uh, such as your earned income from the last year, um, and that sort of thing. So the amount you can contribute is going to differ uh, from everyone else's. It's not like a set fixed amount everybody gets to contribute. That's the same.
0: And I find that out from my notice of assessment on my tax return.
1: Yes, yes. Your notice of assessment on your tax return should indicate the amount, the maximum you can contribute to your RRSP.
0: Is there like a minimum age cutoff for RSPs? And like, is there a cutoff for maximum age as well? Interestingly, uh, for an RRSP, there's no
1: minimum age uh, for anyone to open an, an RRSP account, but you can only contribute to your RRSP until December 31st of the year you turn 71.
0: Right, because at age 71, the RRSP becomes RRIF, which is a registered retirement income fund. And basically what that means is that the year after the RIF is established, you have to start withdrawing a minimum amount each year. But we're not going to get too much into that because that is a long ways away. You can think of it as your RRSP will become an income source for you at that point in time. Similar to a TFSA, when I earn income in my RRSP, is that not taxed? Correct.
1: So any income you earn in your RRSP isn't taxed, and ideally, you want to also have income-earning investments in your RRSP. So it doesn't really make sense for you to just deposit cash in your RRSP and leave it there uh, because you're not really going to earn income off of it. So ideally, you're going to invest it, and you can withdraw from your RRSP uh, whatever you want before you turn before you turn seventy one. Once you withdraw. You're taxed on your withdrawals from your RRSP. When you withdraw, unlike a TFSA, you permanently lose that contribution room. So that amount you've withdrawn doesn't get added to how much you can contribute to your RRSP in the following year.
0: And so I guess that's why a lot of people save it for retirement then. Like this would not be a good investment account to have if I was saving for like a car or vacation or something.
1: Yes, yes, exactly.
0: Although there are two situations where you could potentially withdraw money from your RRSP for the purposes of buying a home or going back to school and that gets special tax treatment. The Homebuyers Plan program is a program that allows people to withdraw from their RRSPs to buy or build a home and um, in 2019 the budget increased the home buyer's plan withdrawal limit to 35,000 your rsp issuer will not withhold tax on the withdrawn amount of 35k or less and to qualify you have to be a, a first time home buyer and you have to be a resident of canada as well and you must intend to occupy the qualifying home as your principal residence within 1 year of buying or building it The Lifelong Learning Plan allows you to withdraw amounts from your RRSP to finance full-time training or education for you or your spouse or common-law partner, but you can't use it for your children's training or education. You're able to withdraw $20,000 in total or $10,000 in a calendar year towards your education and that would be a tax-free withdrawal as well. And in both situations, you have a certain time frame to repay these amounts back into your RRSP. So that's something interesting to consider. So those are two situations where you can potentially tax-free withdraw RRSP funds. So next, let's talk about non-registered account. What is a non-registered account, and when would I use that? So a non-registered account, it's basically a A taxable
1: investment account that isn't registered with the federal government. So both the TFSA and the RRSP are accounts that are registered with the government. For a non-registered account, any income you earn in the account is going to be taxed. Uh, You don't get any special tax breaks or tax deferrals, that sort of thing. So non-registered accounts don't offer the same financial incentives as registered accounts like the TFSA and the RRSP because there's no uh, tax breaks or tax deferrals, but they are a lot more flexible because there's no contribution limit to non-registered accounts. There's no age limit. and They're a little more flexible in what kind of assets you can hold in non-registered accounts.
0: What do you mean by that? Like what type of assets?
1: As I previously mentioned, ideally you want to hold investments in your TFSA and RRSP accounts. So you get the tax benefit of either like a deferral or a reduction in tax from the income you earn off these investments. What I would caution you against is if you have private company shares don't put them in your TFSA or RRSP. Why? Basically, uh, what I'm referring to private company shares, it, think of a situation where perhaps your family has a business and your, your family members are all shareholders. So it's not a public company. And you also have shares in your family company. Um. So this is just an example, but I think it's a A pretty relevant example in Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want to put these shares in your TFSA or RRSP because you can face severe financial penalties for doing so, which then would defeat the purposes of the tax advantages that TFSAs and RRSPs offer.
0: Could you speak on why that is, that there would be significant financial penalties? Is it a policy choice by the government or something like that? So a couple of reasons. I think the
1: first one, to my understanding, uh, it's a it's a government policy decision, where because not everybody has access to private company shares, and private company shares can appreciate a lot in value, or they could pay out a lot of dividends, that sort of thing. And because not all Canadians have access to them, it it would just be unfair to let you put your private company shares in a TFSA or RRSP for you to reap the tax benefits from doing so versus, say, publicly traded stock where really anybody who has the money to purchase the stock can buy the stock and thus invest it uh, from their TFSA or RRSP. So that being said, there are circumstances where technically you might be allowed to put your private company shares in a TFSA or RRSP, but it might be really easy for you to fall offside the rules if you aren't closely monitoring your private company shares and your TFSA and RRSP, and then you would be subject to severe financial penalties then. So just because it's so easy to fall offside, it's just something I really uh, would discourage you from doing unless you like the stress of feeling like you might be offside all the time and being penalized.
0: Right. So only for people who really want to live on the edge. But then for the most part, you can put the same things in all of these accounts, like aside from those private company shares.
1: Yes, yes. uh, For the most part, I would say.
0: Mm -hmm. So basically, if you're a 16-year-old kid who's very into stocks, just open a non-registered account and start trading.
1: (gasps) Yeah, you could could do that. Um, (laughs) Although I suspect you... Want to know when's the best time to use a TFSA versus an RRSP versus a non-registered account? Hmm. Yes. So uh, whether it's best to contribute to your TFSA, RRSP, or a non-registered account depends on your own individual situation. Uh, which one do you want to hear about first?
0: Let's talk about the RRSP. The best time to contribute to your
1: RSP is if you're at the point in your life where you are earning the maximum amount that you will likely earn, or you're at the highest tax rate. So, at the highest tax rate means you earn at least $220,000 a year.
0: Mm, It's a lot, it's a lot of money.
1: Yep. I can't wait till I get up to that snack bracket. But in the time (laughs) being, I'll just tell everyone who's in that snack bracket how to spend and invest their money.
0: So that means if you're early on in your career or like you don't think you've reached your max earning potential, then you should not contribute to your RRSP? Correct. So usually, if you're
1: early in your career, much like I am, so I I was a summer law student at a firm over the summer, and that at that point, my salary was probably be the lowest it will be at this point in my career. (laughs) I would not contribute to the RRSP. It's just because of how Canada's personal tax rate system works, where basically your first forty five thousand dollars of income will be taxed at a lower rate than the next forty five thousand dollars, and so on, Mm -hmm. because contributing to your RRSP results in a tax deduction, that tax deduction is more meaningful when you're at a higher tax rate and you get bumped down into a lower tax rate.
0: Right. So like assuming when you're retired and you're taking this money out, you're going to be at a lower tax bracket. So you'll be taxed at a lower amount. Correct. Correct. And if I'm not contributing to my RRSP right now, like it's okay because that contribution room will grow and it'll add on every year, right? Correct. So if you're not contributing in one year
1: uh, and you have like low income or you know you're going to earn a lot more in future years, uh, don't worry about it because that contribution room doesn't go away if you don't contribute in year one. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And what about a TFSA? So I'm assuming that this is kind of the opposite. So you should contribute to this as soon as you turn 18 and start investing in here?
1: Yes. So I would encourage to uh, use the TFSA if you aren't earning much now, um, which is usually when you're early in your career, and that would definitely most likely apply to uh, most 18-year-olds. You are earning tons of money in your 18, please mm-hmm. contact us. We would like to know how you're doing this. <laughs> yeah, so a TFSA is great uh, for if you're not earning that much now. And also, if you are such a baller and you max out your RRSP contributions because you're earning so much, then I would invest the remainder or as much of the remainder as you can into your TFSA.
0: And finally, when should we be using a non-registered account? Generally, using
1: a non-registered account, if you're not 18 yet and you want to invest, but you can't open a TFSA because of that age requirement, I would open a non-registered account. Um, At this point, you, well, first of all, you probably don't even have much RRSP contribution room based on how the RRSP is calculated. It's calculated, a big part of it is on your earned income, I honestly don't know many people under 18 with a huge amount of earned income. So your contribution room to your RSP is already going to be very low, and you're really not going to reap many of the tax benefits of contributing to your RRSP uh, generally when you're not 18 yet.
0: hmm I think the key takeaways from today were if you're able to contribute to your TFSA and RSP, make sure you invest the money you contributed. Like Lucy said so many times, invest in something that will have a percentage increase year over year. Don't just put it in some savings account that'll give you 0.02% a year because like who cares? You can pay tax on that. You should contribute to your TFSA starting when you're 18 years old. And if not, like that's fine because that contribution room will carry forward as long as you're a Canadian resident. And you should contribute to your TFSA when you're not earning much now and you think that you'll be earning more in the future. You should contribute to an RSP when you're not older than 71 and earning the maximum income that you think you'll earn in your lifetime or paying tax at the highest tax rate. So you would want to take it out when you're at a lower tax bracket and when to contribute to a non-registered account if you're under 18 but want to invest, or you're balling and you've maxed out your TFSA and RRSP contribution limits for the year and you still want to invest more money. But in that case, you might as well look into some other alternative investments because diversifying is very key. Homework for this week's episode. First thing that you should do is check your finances and see if it's smart for you to invest right now. What I like to do is something called dollar cost averaging. So I contribute a lump sum that I automate every single month. So you get some of the highs and you get some of the lows because it kind of all evens out at the end. Ideally, when you invest, you don't want to constantly be buying and then having to sell your investment if you find yourself needing cash. So you should make sure that you have enough of a cash flow to support your regular expenses. If you do have some extra money that you can invest, check your contribution limits and then assess your personal situation as Lucy mentioned and decide if it's better to contribute and invest with your TFSA, RRSP, or a non-registered account or all three of them. That takes us to the end of our show. Thank you, Lucy, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Gloria. It was a pleasure to be a guest on your podcast. Pleasure to have you. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.